Welcome to Hollywood Obsessed with Tony Miros, a podcast that celebrates our endless fascination with the iconic people, locations, and history of the entertainment capital of the world. If you're as obsessed with Hollywood as Tony is, or would like to be, get ready to enjoy another exciting brand new episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Now, here's your host, Tony Miros. Hello, friends. This is your host, Tony Miro, speaking to you from the heart of Tinseltown. On this episode of Hollywood Obsessed, part two of my conversation with actress Carol Eta White, who's best known for playing Big Rosie Greenbaum on the classic TV sitcom Laverne and Shirley. Carol's first TV job was a TV movie entitled Evil Roy Slade, starring John Astin, Mickey Rooney, and Milton Berle. The movie was written by producer and director Gary Marshall. Marshall then cast her in a small role in the hit TV series, The Odd Couple, and then gave her her big break as Big Rosie on Laverne and Shirley. Carol has appeared on several other hit TV shows like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, The Love Boat, The Carol Burnett Show, Beverly Hills 90210, The Wayan Brothers, and Profiler. She appeared on several game shows, including The $20,000 Pyramid, and films such as Falling Down with Michael Douglas, The Witches of Eastwick with Jack Nicholson and Susan Sarandon, Grand Canyon with Steve Martin and Kevin Klein, and The Fabulous Baker Boys with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jeff and Bo Bridges. She's also appeared in the 2006 independent film Wannabe and can currently be seen in popular web series such as Child of the 70s and Good Vibrations. Now that you know a little bit about her accomplished acting career, let's not waste any more time and get back to my conversation with Carol on this episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Okay, so... um. I want to talk a little bit about Michael McKean and David Lander, Lenny and Squiggy. They were, I mean, in that show, it was like, they looked like they were, they were wind up toys. They just kept going. I heard that when they would do, they would do surprise improv things, right? Like you guys would have the script and then they go off and do their own little thing and they'd come back during showtime and you kind of didn't know what they were going to do. Is that true? Did they do that? say not necessarily at show in showtime when they were shooting the show but all rehearsal week they'd come in with their own things and it might be a different line a different thing but the writers you know the writers and the actors on that show were very close and they'd rewrite 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 up until practically right before we shot the show we'd get new lines and everything Lenny and Squiggy were Michael and David some of the most brilliant comic actors ever they were just so brilliant and their characters were easy to write for you know the writers knew who they were they knew what how they you know what they pull and um, I just I miss David Landert like crazy I went to high school with his wife, Kathy Field. You did? Oh, I wow. did. And knew each of them before they married each other. But um, Kathy's father, Freddie Fields, was one of the greatest Hollywood agents of all time. Mm-hmm. And her stepmother was Polly Bergen, not to drop another name. But um, David, a brilliant, brilliant comedy mind. And Michael McKean too, and and also a great dramatic actor. Michael McKean has become. He, he does really has, anything yeah. and everything. He does. 
it seemed like, you know, that was so much talent on that show. And then everybody went off to do their own thing. They did a reunion thing and stuff. But you, it's funny because people look back at Laverne and Shirley and it's Laverne and there's Shirley and there's the big ragu and big Rosie. You made your mark on that show, whether they liked it or not. Yeah, no, I did. I, I, I think I did 11, 11 or 12 episodes and I came back for the reunion show and everything was completely different than the five years before when I left. Everybody was calm. Everybody, was, you know, it was, they were used to being gazillionaires. They were used to being big stars. And it was a blast going back and doing that reunion show. How fun. Well, I mean, it gave me so many great memories. And I know that people still love the show and they still loved your character. Um, does it surprise you that it's lasted that long that people still say, ah, there's big Rosie. <laughs> um, you know, funny is funny is funny. And, you know, you can still watch. I love Lucy and laugh. And, but those Laverne and Shirley shows, they were funny. And those people were goofy, goofy. And the things they got into and talked about, you know, is still funny today. And I'm always, always surprised when I, I meet people and say, oh, Rose. And then they're real surprised that I'm nice. And I'm not really like Rosie, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, Carol, I want to talk a little bit about your acting after Laverne and Shirley, right? When you when that ended. What what happened with you? Did you did you start doing films? What where did your career take you? I think the first show I did after Laverne and Shirley was The Love Boat. And then it was a dry period where I started, listen, my father said to me, Carol, actors have to work. We have to pay rent, buy groceries. So I started doing a lot of, my dad's friend was a producer of women's prison movies. And so <laughs> right after that, I did Concrete Jungle, Women Behind Bars, Savage Streets with Linda Blair. You know, I was, I never had to do a nude scene, thank God, because a lot of it was ingenues behind bars kind of thing where they're naked in the showers and, right. you know, lesbians and perverts would go to these movies, but it was... <laughs> And my friends would, if they went to these movies, they'd say, the only thing missing is Carol White. Boom, I'm in the next scene, you know. <laughs> Were you the tough lady in those movies? I, I oh, think I saw yeah. the one with Linda Blair. I think I saw the one with Linda Blair. Yes, that was Savage Streets. And I think I played, um, I think I played the gym teacher in that one. But usually I was tough. I was tough. You know, we don't want no black p-u-s-s-y in our cell block and then i got killed by uh, one of the black convicts and you know just i worked with some of the great great actors who who then went on to much bigger and more exciting projects you did do a movie with barbara streisand though i read that oh my yes that was so glorious and I did do a nude scene in that movie, by the way. 
It what was, movie was it? It was called Up the Sandbox. That's right. And it was a feminist movie before its time. And uh, I played Bernice Spittlemeister. I was, you know, a babysitter. And uh, when she comes home from in a fight with her husband, me and my organic chemistry partner are having sex on her bed. And the joke is, oh, Miss Spittlemeister is finishing her organic, you know, whatever. <laughs> and when I looked at this movie, all I saw was my young white breast at the time. But Barbara couldn't have been kinder. She called me into a trailer at lunch. Does your mother know you're taking your clothes off? She said. <laughs> I said, yes. And she said, to work with Barbara Streisand, you'll do whatever they tell you to do. And I said, you're right, Ma. That's funny, but it's true. It's Barbara Streisand. What are you going to say, no? That's right. And I figured, you know, Barbara Streisand's in this movie. It's not going to be anything really raunchy, you know, you know. It was raunchy enough, you know. I was so nervous. I went to Palm Springs. I I figured I'd get a tan before I had to take my clothes off. I I've never been tan in my whole life. And I got the worst sunburn with huge blisters everywhere. It was before they invented sunscreen. And so, and the person I had to have as my sex partner in this movie, he was an extra and he was sweating bullets and I was sweating bullets on top of him. And it was a slippity slidey kind of a thing. And they closed (laughs) off the set and it was really, you know, they had decorum and you know i'm sure people peaked and everything but you know it was it was a blast irvin kershner he went on to direct the empire strikes back and many many big films you know yeah so but oh working with barbara streisand man i was one of those kids who stood at the backstage door to get her autograph after funny girl you know amazing yeah. But you also worked with Steve Martin and Kevin Klein in oh, Grand Canyon. I certainly did. That you know what I realized in that movie? Kevin Klein has a big face. I said, This is what it takes to be a hit and show. He has a huge face. Danny Glover in the movie has a huge face. You mean round or just no, big? just sizable. Oh, okay. A big sc- I don't know. <laughs> Working with Steve Martin, what a treat. He's so funny. He sits there, he doesn't say much, but when boom, he says something, it's subtle and hysterical. I played his nurse, his hospital nurse and that. And 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 was a scene with Kevin Klein and Steve and Heather, I can't remember her last name. This young lady was also in the movie. But it was a treat. That was a real treat. I, I think I also it's funny because I love the old shows. I love watching them uh, before bed. That's what kind of relaxes me because it's comfortable. Right. So I'm watching an old Mary Tyler Moore show <laughs> and randomly, randomly. It's one of Mary's terrible house parties. And there's this party girl and it's you. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's Big Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mary falls for a younger man. That was the, and my friend, Monica Johnson, who wrote Lost in America and Mother and The Muse with Sharon Stone. 
she, her partner was Albert Brooks too. But in this, M Marilyn Suzanne Miller was her partner and Monica Johnson was my dear, dear friend. And so they wrote me into the show and Mary falls in love with Peter Strauss from Rich Man, Poor Man. And he's right. the younger man and I'm a hippie at the party. What was that like? The Mary Tyler Moore show, my God. I know, I was nervous and I'll tell you, I, I was going to this kind of therapy where you write, I'm Carol White and I'm a good actor. I'm a confident actor, I, you know, and I'm writing it, I'm writing it in this notebook. And I lost my notebook and Ed Asner found it. <laughs> and he calls me over. He says, Carol, here I found your notebook. Never said anything. I loved Ed Asner. What a mensch. Everybody. I loved Valerie. I actually auditioned for Valerie Harper's role. Um, you you auditioned for Rhoda? I did. Of course, I was a little too young to play Mary's best friend at that time. Yeah. But I auditioned for Rhoda. And um, yeah, but working on that show was a blast. It was a real blast. And then you were in the pilot of The Love Boat or you were on another episode? No, of the Love Boat? I was I was I was on another episode with Barbie Benton. And I don't know, it was a computer dating episode. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a, a star. I was in the pilot of Starsky and Hutch. I hate to say it. Um, I was in that pilot and I worked a lot for Aaron Spelling. Um, and before the love boat, he hired me to work on a two hour Starsky and Hutch where they flew us to Hawaii and we filmed it on a boat from Hawaii to San Francisco. Like a we, ship, a ship, a, a, a cruise, cruise ship. ship. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With real Americans on the cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Um, Jose Ferrer was in this episode, Bobby Walden. I mean, Ed Begley Jr. was in the episode. Oh, it was my friend Richard Hack, who wrote a column in The Hollywood Reporter for 15 years, the television's column, knew everything about television. He played an actor in this show. Here he is, right here, my darling friend. No. I'm going to show you a picture that the people at home won't be able to see, but this was from that episode. Aaron gave him a part. His mother always wanted to go on a cruise. She passes and he takes her in the urn on the cruise. This <laughs> is me. Um, I was Belinda something, tops and taps. I don't know. In the talent show on the cruise, I did tap dancing. But Kay Medford, who plays Barbara Streisand's mother in Funny Girl, she played my mother on things three times. She played my mother on this show. But it was, it was in a sense, it wasn't the pilot of The Love Boat, but that's where they got the idea to do a show on a boat. On a boat, yeah. Yeah. I liked Starsky and Hutch, I did. And I remember The Love Boat, I loved The Love Boat. And that that cast seemed like they I mean, it was funny because it was a canned laughter thing. So did they know like this is going to be the funny part? So this is the joke or did they just insert um, the laughter in like when it post when you didn't know? Yeah, they they inserted. Did they have laughter on the love boat? Did they, they sure did. It's canned oh, laughter. It's the yeah, funniest thing. Sure. That's right. So, yeah, in post, you know, they had the laughter yeah but you know you'd know okay this is the funny bit of the of the oh, script no, no we just see that's the thing with acting it's like you don't 
You don't, uh, yeah, you know, things are funny, but you know, it's the character talking. And if the character is funny and has something funny to say, boom, it's a joke. Mm -hmm. You know, Neil Simon or some obvious comedies, you know, you can't just cruise over the jokes. This is a joke. You got to hit the joke, you know, but uh, it all comes out of the character's behavior is what right. I think. So if you, and you know, because you're so good at these characters, do you build out when you get a script, even though it's like, you know, maybe it's not the chunk of the of the show, but you have a big part in it. Do you give them a background? Do you work that way or do you just read what's on the page? And Oh, no, no, no. I do what you what you are suggesting. I look at the character. I say, who is this character? What is this behavior she's expressing? And why did she get this way? Where did she come from? Uh, does she have a boyfriend? Does she like sex? What is similar to you in this character? And what are the differences? How do you differ? How are you similar? It's uh, all part of creating the role. And that's what I teach the actors. Right. That's great. Another show I loved in the 80s, Remington Steel. Pierce Brosnan, Stephanie Zimbalist. And there's an episode with you and a very young Delta Burke, might add. What was that episode like? That was about a man who is a, 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 a bigamist. What's a bigamist or a polygamist? A, pol a polygamist, yeah. yeah. He marries a lot of different women. And I was one of the women. And, uh, and then someone kills him. And they have to figure out which one of us pulled the trigger, so to speak. <laughs> that was a blast. Doris Roberts was in that episode. You say it, Delta Burke was in that episode. And of course, working with that gorgeous hunk, Piers Brosnan, and dear Stephanie Zimbalist. Yeah. It was a pleasure. That was before he became James Bond. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Before. Yeah. What was what were they like on that set? Was it because that's a that was a drama? It was not a comedy, so that was a drama. It was a drama with a lot of comedy in it. Um, you know, a lot of light writing, almost like that moonlighting show with yeah, you Sybil, know, Sybil Shepherd, yeah, with Sybil and uh, Bruce Willis had a lot of comedy, funny things. Same with Remington. There was always a little comedy thrown in. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With all those stars, which do, do you you have a favorite? Do you think oh, this was this was really a gem of a moment with this star? Hmm. Let me think. Well, of course, working with the Barbara Streisand was amazing. Working with that Steve Martin was amazing. I worked with Jeff Bridges and his brother. Oh, that's right. The Fabulous Baker Boys, right? Baker Boys, that was so much fun. I, I tell you, I love to work. I get a role and it's my joy. You mm -hmm. know, it's I I remember I was at Universal with my dad was working at Universal. I went there for lunch with him. And we're walking, we're walking, and we're crossing one of the streets, and I look up, who is it? Paul Newman. Oh my God. I'm like, it's Paul Newman, it's Paul Newman, it's Paul Newman, you know, and it, with those gorgeous ice blue eyes and hi, nice to meet you, Carol, you know, I, 
I don't know who I'm just thinking my favorite jobs, any job where I just love, I just love my work. I just love to act. And now I love to share my experience with young artists, young actors, directors, writers. And, you know, I'm the one saying, get up, go ahead, do it more. Don't stop. Don't stop. Persist, persist, persist. And you'll work. Is that what they ask all the time? Like, how do like, how do I get my break? Yeah. And I tell them, find all those movies you love, find the TV shows you're right for contact the executive producers, the directors, go to plays, do plays. If they're in Hollywood, do plays here in town. So casting people can see your work, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and now with the advent of the phone where you could make a movie on your phone, you know, you could do scene work and you put it on a reel and you send your reels out, you know, all the technology, how amazing it is for young actors today, what you can do in social media. It's true because now you're, I've seen you've done some, you've done some on, on streaming shows that have been really successful too. Is it, you have to bend, I guess, with the medium, correct? So how are your feelings as opposed to doing a, a three, three camera sitcom like Laverne and Shirley, single camera, and then all of a sudden it's no longer broadcast. It's now streaming. It's now the internet. Right. Is there a big difference for you as a performer or it's just, it, you're just acting? The big difference is money. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the big difference is the money. Yeah. Um, but again, um, you know, money isn't everything. It's important to be to pay your bills and have food, but uh, to be excited about a role is everything. And sometimes it comes in the form of a web series. I mean, on that web series, Childs of the Seventies, it's so funny. First, Donna Pescow plays my sister, and then she's recast, and I think. Lynn Stewart played my sister <laughs> and then somebody else is in the same role. Doesn't, doesn't really matter. You know, it's, yeah. um, I, I like doing TV. I like doing TV and I like doing movies and, and I love teaching. I love teaching. So, you know, you know, Car- you were telling me um, before we did the interview about your friend, Shane Pax, and you <gasps> did a film with Shane. Tell me a little bit about that, that new project that's about to break. It it has just broken. It's going to be in the Swiss International Film Festival is one of their favorite movies. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Peridot, P-E-R-I-D-O-T, Peridot, but pronounced Peridot, the Virgo gemstone, Shana's a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. So there's a lot of Virgo power around here. And he's my roommate now, far be it for me to say he's my roommate. <laughs> Is the, What's the film about so that people can it's look about, for um, a young street kid who hustles and he's gorgeous. Shane Pax, my God, he's 30 years old. He happens to be gay, but it's about a gay hustler. Mm-hmm. who meets a woman, a famous published writer. He has no idea when he meets her, but she encourages him 
to write. Hmm. And all of a sudden, this street kid has a gift, a reason to live, a reason to grow, and he becomes a writer. And it is a beautiful coming-of-age story. It's funny. It's uh, sexy. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And I encourage your listeners to look for it. It's on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Hulu, all those places you can find things. His name is S-H-A-Y-N-E. His last name is Pax, P-A-X, which actually is Payee, which means peace in French. But Pax oh, okay. And he wrote and directed, he, re- he directed this or wrote it or? Wrote it. He directed it. He starred in it. Wow. The money to make this big feature film. And he's really good in it. He's mm. really good. And it's a very moving. Now he gets he get uh, teachers from UCLA. I don't know. Someone contacted. They're teaching his film in colleges now. It's it's quite amazing. So I encourage people, young people, young artists to check it out. Paradox. Is that your thing? Like, does that give you the most thrill now, other than actually acting as like helping mold these young performers and these young writers and directors? Not so much that I mold them as much as give them the inside info about how not to get taken by money grabbers, by perverts, by, you know, and to be in an acting community and to don't stop doing scene work so that when your chance comes, you've had a lot of time up at bat doing scene work, scene work, scene work for the kind of roles that you're right for. Mm-hmm. When you get your shot, baby, there you go. And once, you know, I say once you've gone in and auditioned, thank them, write them a thank you note, and you say, next, next. You don't get a part, great. You've had a chance to perform. They may not give you that part, but they'll call you in for something else. Right. Well, look how you started with Gary doing that movie and then doing The Odd Couple and then ending up doing Laverne and Shirley. I'm sure that they ask you what, you know, when you're a young actor you're, and then all of a sudden you end up on this hit TV show. Or maybe they don't ask you. I would ask you, though. Um it, it'd be kind of difficult, I guess, for you to turn off that, oh, wow, look at me. I'm a big shot now. I mean, you're still part of this ensemble, right? So do you give them advice like that? Look, you're going to end up on these big these big projects, but you have to be balanced. Uh, balance is everything. Being mindful, being kind, taking care of your health, eating good, sleeping good, exercising um balances everything and being mindful i don't give them any advice once they're you know once they've made it go with god have a great career i'll see you at the oscars you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know it's it's a biz, it's a business it really is a business you've seen hollywood since you were a little girl you've seen it change and stuff you know do you encourage people to follow that bug or, you know, when you see something, they go, oh, I'd always wanted to be a, 
an actor? You know, what is the advice you give them, Carol? Oh, my goodness. I say, well, no time like the present to start, kid. And, you know, one of my great mentors, Richard Lawson, happens to be married to Tina Knowles, Beyonce's mother. But Mm -hmm. he is a great actor. He's a great director. He's a great teacher. He has a beautiful theater, the Waco Theater Center in North Hollywood. He, I came to him after not working for a few years, and I'm already, let's say, 60 or 60. He said, Carol, dreams don't have an expiration date. So I started doing scene work. I started doing stand-up. And the next thing you know, I'm working again. So I say, follow your dream. This life is short. Mm-hmm. People in the Midwest, they say, want to be an actor. They say, be a dentist, be a secretary or an actor. What are you, crazy? <laughs> I say, follow your dreams. Go for it. Why not you? Right. And then you don't also have to be the star because there's the character actor who without them, there are no stars. Right. So right, that's right. And a- another thing I tell them, it's again, Half of it is your talent and half is the administration you do on behalf of your talent. Don't sit around for the phone to ring because you've got to go out and make it happen. Do plays, call the people you want to work with. Move it, move it every day. What have you done for your career today? And yes, that brings me a lot of great satisfaction. I'm sure it does. I mean, yeah. You're doing what you love. And I can tell with the way you were enthusiastic about what talking about it. Is there going to be a book? Are you ever going to write a book about Rosie and your life? <laughs> I am actually working on a one person show that I'm going to put up here in Hollywood. And I have about 600 pages that need editing for my memoir. And I'm working on that right now, just editing, editing, editing. There's so much, so much to say, you know, about life here in Hollywood. Well, when it comes out, you're, I want you to come back so we can talk about the book. I would love it. I promote the book. And I do want to hear about what happened when you, when you, they almost gave you your own show and then it, it didn't happen. That better be in the book. Carol. Yes, it is in the book. <laughs> and uh, look out below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as the as I and it's funny, I love talking to you for this hour. We've had a ball, and I, but again, it reminds me of when I was a kid watching television. For me, and I guess for a lot of people, it's such an escape, and you feel like they're your friends. You see yeah. them every week. You you enjoy what they do. You laugh. They make you cry. They make you laugh. And I remember as a kid watching you on that show and how impressed I was just by the, the, the couple of times that I did see you and I'd never forgotten. And that's oh. such a, I think, and it, I don't know if you saw Babylon the film, but she does explain to him at one point when Brad Pitt's career has gone down the toilet and she says, you've been given a gift. You will live on. And you're that, that, image on the screen will live on and that is something that you are going to have for the beyond you when you pass people will remember that for forever yes and that's one of the wonderful things about my dad doing so much work that i can turn on the tv and there's my father in his glory being funny being 
being him, seeing him move around, it's almost getting a little bit of him back to life, you know? Yeah. yeah. It is, yeah, it's true. He's always there. He's always there. He's always there. Yeah. Um, was comedy always for you? Did you think that that's what you always wanted to do or you just were good at it? Oh, well, I apparently was was funny. I remember my first boy-girl party and the popular girls, they were whispering in the bathroom. I, I might have been in sixth grade and I wanted to go in and they were saying, no, no. Close. And then one of my f- friends said, oh, let Carolyn. She's funny. <laughs> like the big light bulb explosion went up. Oh, I'm funny, huh? And that's my ticket to ride. You know, so uh, lucky I was a little bit, I hate to say funny looking, but I, you know, I uh, i used it. I used it and uh, making people laugh has has been my gift and my pleasure. Then you've given so much pleasure to people because of that gift. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being on Hollywood Obsessed. And we'll bring you back when you have your book out. And it's been an absolute pleasure, Carol. Thank you for coming on. Tony, you are so sweet. Where did you grow up, by the way? In New York. Another New Yorker who came out to Hollywood. To be an actor? No. I had done the acting in New York. And then I realized I don't like the criticism. I don't like the not getting the call back. So... I started doing stuff behind the scenes and that's how I became a casting director. Cause I like, yeah. oh. I like working with people, but I don't want to be on the camera. God. <laughs> well, if you ever change your mind, I got a good class for you. Anyway, you are a darling and remember dreams don't have an expiration date. And I loved talking to you. I wish you all the luck in the world. Be safe, be happy and follow your bliss. Have fun while you're doing it. Thank you so much, Carol. Thanks to the lovely Carolita White for joining me here on Hollywood Obsessed. She'll be appearing at the Hollywood Show on June 30th through July 1st at the Los Angeles Marriott Burbank Airport Hotel in Burbank, California. You can find a link to the website for more information under her bio in my podcast show notes. If you enjoyed listening to our conversation, make sure to tap follow on your phone, iPad, or computer screen so that you don't miss any new episodes. I promise I've got many more exciting interviews coming your way with some of the fascinating people that I've gotten to know while living and working here in the heart of Hollywood. Until next time, this is your host, Tony Miros. See you on the next episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Thanks for joining us this week on Hollywood Obsessed. Make sure to visit our Facebook page, Hollywood Obsessed Podcast where you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss a single episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in every other Monday for our next episode. That's a wrap.